with authenticity. It's building that relationship. Building about the value. Because you want to make that impact. It can make you happy. Elevate others around Welcome us. to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? Oh, you know what? I, all kinds of things are going on, but you know what? I have my favorite drink. Uh, you know what, Daryl? I wish Starbucks, if there's anyone of our listeners has got a connection into Starbucks, <laughs> we'd love for you to sponsor the podcast because I'm a total junkie. But tip well, of the cap. Tip that Starbucks and my friends over at Nespresso. We're glad you're here today. <laughs> this is a fully caffeinated podcast. I will tell you that. And we've got a fully caffeinated discussion coming up. You're really going to enjoy this conversation we have today about complacency and resiliency. Just wait. You're going to want to grab a notepad for this one. If you're new to the Selling from the Heart podcast, welcome. You've joined a growing uh, community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, adding real value. We call it Selling from the Heart. And this episode is brought to you by the Selling from the Heart Insiders Group. And one of the best things about the Insiders Group is every couple of weeks we get up close and personal uh, with a thought leader, an influencer in sales and leadership. And it has been amazing being able to just get and 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 get to know, but also pick the brains of guys like Dr. Garland Vance. Oh, Daryl, wasn't that something? session with him. Yeah, oh. it, I mean, I learned so much and, it, and, and I'm profoundly grateful for the opportunity uh, to get up close and personal. We've got some incredible folks coming on to uh, the, the Selling from the Heart Insiders group up close and personal. And here's the good news. If you want to get up close and personal with some of the best thought leaders in the industry, uh, get a free ticket, pick one out, come to it. You can find your free ticket at sellingfromtheheart.net slash free dash pass. That's sellingfromtheheart.net slash free dash pass. Larry, it's going to be fun. We've got a great cadre of folks coming up here oh. shortly. Don't we? I, I, you know what though? I still have to go back to Dr. Garland Vance for a moment. <laughs> and Garland, if you're listening, every time that he comes on the that he's been on the podcast or he came in the insiders group, I swear he's staring right at me. But just <laughs> nevertheless, is you know we all gotta we all gotta. That is such horrible English. My bad. But we, <laughs> we all. I just caught myself. That That's was the great. caffeine kicking in, Daryl. We all have to work on trying to unclutter our calendars and learn how to get unbusy. Yeah, that that message was so oh. powerful. And, and I think it's so critical because when we get busy, we get our eye off the ball and we can get complacent. And that oh, is a great, great transition segue. to our conversation today. Larry, why don't you introduce our friend Lynn and let's dive in. Hey, Len, just real quick, though, every now and then, because we all know that Daryl has the Revenue Growth Engine podcast, and occasionally Daryl will say, hey, I just had a great podcast with somebody. You need to reach out and have them come on the Selling from the Heart podcast. So my first thing is, is why didn't you just do it? But nevertheless, <laughs> <laughs> Len and I connected. We had a wonderful conversation. He's going to bring some things to the table today that I promise you are near and dear to a lot of people. 
They're going to be direct. They're going to be professional. Grab a sheet of paper and a pen. Len Hurstein, welcome to Selling from the Heart. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. I've been looking forward to this for a while. So um, <laughs> had a great time talking to Daryl, but now I'm going to have a great time talking to do you. Well, and this is such a critical message for sales professionals. But before we dive into the message, Len, you know the question that every guest on the Selling from the Heart podcast answers, and that is, what does it mean to you to sell from the heart? You know, at the end of the day, for me, selling from the heart means understanding your true purpose. And it's not not like to make money. What is your true purpose? Why are you here? Why is your business here? What is the product that you're selling do or your service that you're selling do? Understanding your true purpose in the world and making sure that everything you do stems from that. So being authentic and true to that purpose allows you to be able to articulate the whys. And when you can do that, you're selling from the heart. Oh, this this is so good. And, and you know, I'm, I'm glad that you're bringing up purpose because quite often we do here, you have to connect back to your purpose. Mm-hmm. True believer in it. It's to me, it's purpose before product. Mm-hmm. But which this is a great segue, Daryl. Sorry, I'm just going to steal part of your thunder on this one. <laughs> but when it, when it comes to connecting with purpose and bringing authenticity to the forefront, where do you think salespeople, and I'm even going to throw this out to sales leaders, where do they start getting complacent when it comes to this? Just curious. By the way, great segue into this, Daryl. Yeah. So, I mean, is that question for me? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So I think a lot of times where we end up getting complacent is first of all, complacency stems from success. The more success we enjoy, the more vulnerable we are to complacency. And what happens, especially in sales is the more success we enjoy, the more power we accumulate Hmm. and power can make us complacent power. We just talked about articulating the why when your articulation of the why becomes because I can or because I said so, you're in a bad spot. You have become complacent and you're missing things and you're taking things for granted. And that can work for a little little while, but it can't work forever. Um, and that's when all of, a sudden, all of a sudden we lose customer relationships or customer jump ship. And we're like, how did that happen? Where'd that come from? We had such a longstanding relationship with them. Well, that's the problem is we ended up taking it for granted. We no longer could articulate a good why as to why we were doing things. And, you know, that's where it comes to play in sales, I think. Well, and you had a journey to get you to this point uh, to where you talk uh, everywhere you go about vigilance and complacency. Would you be kind enough to fill us in on the story that brought you to this point? Yeah, absolutely. So I spent, you know, the first 25 years of my career in in brand marketing and consulting. I worked for Campbell Soup and Coca-Cola and Nabisco. I started my own company the last 19 years. I've been running the Brand Managed Camp Conference. So I've been an entrepreneur. Um, And about seven years ago, I kind of got this bug where I wanted to give back. I wanted to get involved in the community. I wanted to be part of solutions and not problems or whining about things. And this opportunity came up uh, that I'd never really thought about, but it, it really fit for me. And I became a uh, volunteer sheriff's deputy. So I actually had to go through an academy. I had to go through 440 hours of field training. I had to, you know, I got certified to be a, you know, a, a solo patrol deputy. And I go out and I do everything that a full-timer does. I just do it for free. And I entered that world thinking that it was going to be something completely different than I had ever done in the past, which it was. But what surprised me was I started learning things that I was taking my business background, my marketing background, my sales background, and I was applying these new things back to you know both my professional and my personal life. And the thing that really 
hit me right off the bat. Day one of the Academy was this idea that complacency kills. And, you know, I started thinking, you know what? Complacency kills businesses. It kills brands. It kills relationships, both professional and personal. Um, and I started getting really interested in understanding what complacency is, what it's not, because we, we often misdefine it, I think, and it's used incorrectly. And then how do we identify it and fight it with vigilance? Oh, so we've all been there. I will, I will raise my hand and say it's happened to me and it's probably happened to a lot of us is, um, through the, through the lens of Lynn, can you share with us your definition of complacency? as looking at this through your lens and how this applies to sales and sales leaders. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what I'll say is for anybody listening out there, if I say like quick right now, what is the, what is, what is complacency? A lot of people are going to say laziness, mm -hmm. right? And that's how we use it a lot. And we use it. It's kind of, it's become kind of this throwaway word. They're like, Hey, let's not complacent. We see it in the news a lot right now. We see it all over. Every time we watch a sporting event, we'll, we'll hear about it. You'll hear it after we have this conversation for sure. Mm -hmm. But for me, complacency is not laziness. It's an overconfidence. It's a self-satisfaction. Self it's a smugness even sometimes that is bred from success that makes us unaware of potential dangers. And the, diff the difference between mm. complacency and laziness is this. Laziness is a choice, right? So laziness is I have the ability to do something and I'm choosing not to do it because I don't want to put in the effort. You know, mm -hmm. I have the ability to clean the bathrooms, but I feel like watching football, right? So that's me being lazy. Complacency is very rarely this conscious choice that we make, which is what makes it so dangerous. It just kind of happens. It's our natural stasis that we want to be comfortable. We want to, you know, live in comfort and we want to just be able to relax. But that past success is what brings on that overconfidence that generates complacency. Well, and, and very, it's very fortunate that this rarely applies to the sales industry, but hypothetically, <laughs> if the if a sales <laughs> professional were to become overconfident, um, what what are some signs? What are some what are some like telltale <laughs> signs that you are in the uh, danger zone when it comes to complacency? Yeah. So number one, we already talked about this idea of what it, being able to articulate your why. Why are you asking for those terms from your customer? Why have you you know chosen whether to visit them or not? Why have you you know, uh, pulled back on things that you're offering them. What is, what are those whys, right? And if that why is because I can, or because I have the power, because I, you know, I've always done it this way. That's a great signal. Uh, an, another great signal is where are you spending your time? So if you find that, that you are spending most of your time on new business and kind of, you know, ignoring the old, that's a good sign that you're getting a little bit complacent. You've got these kind of cash cows maybe that you've gotten used to getting orders from and you don't feel like you need to connect with them as much because, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just, it's just, you know, you get that order every month or every year or every quarter, whatever it is, you know, th that's a, that's a really good sign that you're, um, that you're getting complacent. Also just paying attention to the tone of your relationship, paying attention to, you know, the types of, you know, words that are being used in emails or conversations or things, you start feeling like you start losing some of that trust. You know, I, I liken it to, um, to a personal relationship, say a spouse or a partner, significant other, whatever you want to call it. You know, when you get to that point where everything you say gets taken as potentially a negative, right. And you say, you know, good morning. You're like, what do you mean by that? You know, what are you trying to say? Right. So, you know, what you've done there is you, you've kind of lost trust, right? And you've lost mm -hmm. the benefit of the doubt. 
And, mm. and that's, that's a key signal. When you start losing the benefit of the doubt, when people start assuming the worst, when things happen, when something happens, when a shipment doesn't arrive on time, where a mistake is made and all of a sudden people are up in arms and they're, they're super upset and they just assume that you're trying to mess with them or you're, you've done it on purpose. That's a really good sign that you've gotten complacent in that relationship. Oh, the, I, I, I absolutely love this conversation. And I want to go back because just a little bit ago, you talked about new business and current mm -hmm. customers. And I'm a big, big, huge proponent of grabbing new business. And I think mm -hmm. everyone who listens to this podcast will agree we have to get more new business. But what I don't want it to happen is at the sacrifice of your current customer relationships. Mm -hmm. It goes back to what you just said about complacency is to me, the more you know your clients, the more you'll grow with your clients. And Daryl and I, you know, when, when we coach salespeople and sales leaders, the first thing that usually rears its ugly head is I know I should be doing fill in the blanks. Yeah. I know I'm getting complacent with the relationship, but you could grow business through your customers, but it's overcoming the complacency tendencies. Yeah, absolutely. And it's tough. It's tough to do because you're getting hammered every year to increase your numbers. You got to grow by X percent. You got to grow. Well, maybe the quickest way in your mind to grow that is to get a new customer in, right? We're going to get, we're going to get business that way. We all know that it costs more to get a new customer than it does to keep an old one. But in the moment, when we're looking at what's the quickest way for us to grow by 10%, you know, is it going to be to grow the customer that we've had for, for 10 years or is it going to get a brand new one in? Those are tough choices sometimes that we have to make or we get forced into. And we have to that's why we have to be intentional. We have to be aware. Um, you know, so I wrote this book. It's called Be Vigilant Strategies to Stop Complacency, Improve Performance and Safeguard Success. And it's all all the stuff that we're talking about is in that book. But, you know, one of the things that I talk about is that the opposite of complacency, people get nervous. They think it's paranoia. And nobody wants to be paranoid. That sucks, right? But but it's not paranoia. The opposite of complacency is vigilance. And the difference is that paranoia is based in fear and vigilance is based in awareness. And that's all this is. This is all about awareness. It's all about making sure that we build things into our systems, into our processes, into our lives that allow us to remain aware of where the threats are so that we can uh, plan for them and we can address them before they become issues. I love it. And vigilance is such a fantastic word and concept. If if you're coaching our sales uh, professionals that are listening in, I want to talk about sales professionals, then we'll turn our focus to sales leaders. But sales professionals, as a sales professional, coach us, what, what would you recommend we do as sales professionals to become more vigilant? Yeah. So the first thing that you want to do is you want to be, build threat awareness. So I talk about threat awareness is something that that we work a lot on, on in in law enforcement. Mm -hmm. You know, when you when you see us, you know, parked side by side facing different ways in the parking lot, you might think we're goofing off or, you know, or passing the time. But really what we're doing is we're watching each other's backs. Right. One wow. of us might be writing a report or something like that and our heads in a computer. And that makes our our you know, so we don't have to have a 360 degree awareness. We have a, a platform for making sure that we maintain that by splitting it up. One of the things that, you know, we're not necessarily good at in life or business is being constantly in the mode of looking for where those next threats can come from. 
or, you know, in sales, is that, is that threat coming from my two competitors that I've spent so much time, you know, becoming, you know, intimately familiar with and building my plans against, and I want to be category captain and I want to own this, you know, for them. And am I missing something else that's happening outside of my aisle or my, or my, you know, my sphere or my category or whatever it is that you're selling? You know, I, we get this thing, what I call the roadrunner effect for those of us who have seen <laughs> the roadrunner, you know, beep, beep, right. With Wiley Coyote, you know, the, we, we can become like, you know, we're Coke and we're focused on Pepsi and we're, you know, we're Microsoft and we're focused on Apple. Um, you know, we are, uh, we sell, you know, solar panels on, on houses and we're focused on everybody else selling solar panels on houses, you know, in our neighborhood. What happens is with Wiley Coyote, he became so focused on the Roadrunner, but the threats never came from the Roadrunner. Mm-hmm. All, the, all the things that happened to Wiley Coyote came from outside of that. And, and it's because of that tunnel vision that, that, uh, that he missed them. And so, you know, we have to feel, figure out how do we remain threat aware? How do we not get that tunnel vision? We might call it being laser focused, mm-hmm. but laser focus is just a nicer way of saying tunnel vision, right? What we're doing is we're losing sight of the periphery. So mm-hmm. that, that's number one for, for salespeople is how do you make sure that you're not losing sight of the periphery, that you're understanding your customers, you're understanding where else they're playing and what else could potentially be meeting their needs and where those threats can be coming from. So that's, that's you know, that's number one. Number two, something that you can start doing right now is debriefing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I talk yes. about this yeah. in the book, right? It's, it's this idea that, you know, if you ask people who are salespeople right now, you know, do you do debriefs within your teams, with your customers and all these things? And they'll probably say yes. But the reality is they're most likely doing it when things go wrong, right? We're saying something went wrong, something happened. How do we find out what happened? A lot of times it becomes who do we, who do we blame? Whose fault is it? How do we make sure that never happens again? But mm-hmm. when good things happen, we kind of pat ourselves on the back. We have a celebration and we move on. Mm-hmm. The reality is, and this is something that I've learned from law enforcement, is we debrief every significant event whether the outcome was good or bad. And that's that's one of the keys of debriefs is it has to be independent of outcome. Because what happens is as we're successful and we don't look at what happened, we miss those micro failures. We might think that we were successful, but, but we could have been more successful. We might've been successful by accident. We might've been successful because our competitor dropped the ball more than we dropped the ball, mm. right? There are a lot of reasons why we could have success. Understanding why that is, and making sure every time we're going into a project or, or you know, a mission or whatever it is that everybody involved knows that we're going to debrief that on the back end. Number one, that builds awareness because everybody's going to pay more attention because they know they're going to have to talk about it and have questions that they have to answer and all that. But number two, it helps us identify places where we can increase where we're successful and little micro failures that we can fix along the way before they become macro failures. And that level of awareness helps fight complacency every day. Oh, I'm, lo- I'm absolutely loving this. I can't wait to get to the sales leadership part of this here in a second, Len, yeah. is wh- what are some of the signs? So if, if I'm an individual salesperson mm-hmm. and I have, you know, I have a group of some really great clients and I'm listening to this podcast and I go, uh-oh, what are what are <laughs> uh, oh. sorry, sorry folks but what are some of those signs right because you you talk about the threats maybe you know i'll refer to them as ro- potential roadblocks what are some of those that a salesperson could be looking for right now hmm. coach us through some of those and then and then we'll touch on the on the sales leadership part of this i'm just curious 
Yeah. So, I mean, another one that, that, that you can really be looking for is your level of predictability, hmm. right? We, we, you know, predictability is not a bad thing in business. Like we want to feel safe. We want to know that we're getting a product that we can count on or a service that we can count on and a, and a level of service from our account team or whoever we're dealing with that, that we can count on. But that can also come back to bite us because the more predictable we become, the more vulnerable we become to attack, right? The more our competitors know exactly what we're doing all the time or when we're going to do our promotions or when we're going to do a price drop or when we're going to do an offer, we become easy to target. And so, you know, one of the things you want to look at is, you know, how predictable is my relationship right now, right? So predictability and relationships can, can mean a couple of different things. Number one, it can mean in terms of the activity that we do, which makes us vulnerable to competition preempting us or, or you know, or doing something different. But also the reality is that predictability also becomes boring. Right. Mm -hmm. In personal relationships, as in professional relationships, we have to keep things what I call strategically unpredictable, not mm -hmm. willy nilly unpredictable, not crazy, you know, like, wow, this guy is a nutcase unpredictable, but unpredictable enough within our strategy that we keep people guessing just a little bit so that we don't become easy to target by competition and we keep the, that spark alive with our customers. I really like that. And that, that echoes so well with the third component of our trust formula, which is an inspirational experience. Mm -hmm. As sales professionals, we have the opportunity to create that experience for our clients. And this idea of predictability versus something a little bit different, you know, if you're doing the same thing over and over <laughs> and over and over again, yep. yeah, that's a, I see the red light flashing there. That's really strong, Lynn. Yeah, you know, so one, one thing that's always stuck with me. So I've done this conference for a long time, the Brand Managed Came Conference. One of our speakers, a friend of ours, a guy by the name of Tom Asacker, brilliant guy. He he told me a long time ago, he said, you know, we all know Einstein's, you know, definition of insanity, doing the same mm -hmm. thing over and over <laughs> and expecting different results, right? Tom Asacker's definition of insanity, he turns it around, is doing the same thing over and over and expecting the same results, hmm. right? Because in this day and age, everything's changing, yeah. right? Our competition is changing. Our customers are changing. The landscape is changing. The political environment is changing. The environment's changing. Doing the same thing over and over again and thinking that we're going to get those same results year in and year out in business and in sales is a little bit of insanity. Well, what a great transition to talking about sales leadership. And this is, you know, if you put that, if we put the hat on of a sales leader right now, and we think mm -hmm. about vigilance, um, and being a leader and, and leading a vigilant team, what advice would you give to sales team leaders? Yeah, so I've got probably two or three chapters in the book that are specific just to that. One of the things that I think is super important is this idea of, of building in autonomy and discretion for, for your team. Um, it's something, again, that I've really learned through, through law enforcement. You want to have people understand their purpose, what the purpose mm -hmm. is so that they can execute their jobs and have those tools and be able to give them and equip them with the tools to do that. But you also want to give them the autonomy to make their own decisions as to how they get from point A to point B. Because mm -hmm. what we're seeing and what this we're seeing a lot of this now, we talk about the great resignation as if it's a COVID thing, not a COVID thing. It's something that's been building for a long time. And one of the things that people lack is engagement at work. And the quickest way 
to steal engagement from people is to not give them choices in terms of how they complete their assignments, how they go about their business. By the more that you make it scripted, the more that you tie their hands, the more that you restrict them, the less they think, right? Because thinking doesn't get them anywhere at that point. It only gets them in trouble. So, and the less you want, the less you encourage people to think, the less aware they are, the less aware they are, the more complacent they are. So first and foremost is making sure that you are building engagement with your teams by delivering autonomy and discretion. Powerful, powerful. Oh, this is, I love this stuff. I just absolutely, this has been a great conversation, Len. Thank you. Is I, I have to bring this up because it goes back to a conversation that Len and I had and, and you've done some, we had connected because you had written an article and you poked the bear at, at a certain industry. And it was near and dear to me because my father-in-law was a truck driver. Mm -hmm. And so when we start talking about complacency, right, we're talking about complacency inside the sales world and looking at that through the lens of a salesperson or a sales leader, but share, share the whole, the whole story around the trucking industry. Cause I, a, I find this fascinating, but as you listen to this, this can apply to any industry when it comes to complacency. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, the, the whole thing with, you know, everybody knows about the trucking industry and what's been going on in Canada brought a lot of attention to the trucking industry. But, you know, the thing here, especially in the U.S. was, you know, when COVID came around, all of a sudden we had this logistics problem where we were having trouble. You know, our shelves were bare a lot of times because we were having trouble getting things from point A to point B. And most of the stuff that moves from point A to point B in the United States moves by truck, moves on the roads. And we started talking about this problem as it was brought on by COVID that, you know, we were, we didn't have truckers and we didn't have, you know, trucks to move things. And the reality is that what happened started a long time ago. And it started because the trucking industry treated their truckers as if they had all the power, which they did, which they did at the time. They treated them as if they had all the power. And so they made their lives difficult. They didn't pay them well. They don't pay them for uh, for time they spend in traffic, they pay them for mileage. They're living a sedentary lifestyle that becomes unhealthy. They're away from home all the time. They don't, you know, they don't get um, enough money, and all these things happen. And and what happened was they became complacent because there was always more truckers that they could have. But a lot of them were getting to retirement age. They were getting to the age where they didn't want to deal with it anymore. And you know what? There's not a lot of 21 year olds who want to get into the trucking industry because of how difficult of a lifestyle it is for the level of pay that they get. And so all of a sudden we found ourselves in a situation where people were saying, you know what, I'm done. And they left and they took early retirement or they went, or they, they just did something else and they couldn't fill those seats, those truck seats anymore. And so, you know, the problem was not a COVID thing. The problem was the complacency that had developed over time because of the power dynamic that existed between trucking companies and their drivers. And then all of a sudden it was brought to a head prematurely by, you know, the pandemic. And all of a sudden now we've got a situation where we don't have enough truckers and it's going to be a problem for quite a while because until that industry changes the way that they, you know, treat those people, the way that they, you know, make that profession um, you know, from everything from pay to benefits, to lifestyle, to, you know, healthfulness and all those things, they're going to have a hard time recruiting new people in. And this is going to be something that we're going to deal with for a while. And the parallels to the yeah. sales industry are very obvious here, um, in terms of staffing and fielding sales teams and all of this, Lynn, what an incredibly useful and powerful conversation right now. How can people learn more? 
Yeah, so two best ways. Number one is my website is lenherstein, L-E-N-H-E-R-S-T-E-I-N.com. There you can find out all the information about me and uh, if you wanted to talk about any consulting work or speaking or anything like that. Um, and also the book, Be Vigilant, Strategies to Stop Complacency, Improve Performance, Safeguard Success. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you buy books. The other way is just look me up on LinkedIn and let's connect. I, I love uh, I love connecting with people and and uh, just learning about them and seeing the things that people are posting on LinkedIn. That's my number one social <laughs> media app. Fantastic! <laughs> this has been ben, awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing time with us. What an incredibly great conversation. We appreciate you. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate you having me on and and uh, I look for, I, I love seeing everything you guys do week in and week out. So thanks for letting me be a part of it. Awesome. 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 Larry, oh, here's another one. Here's another one, one to pause is, and rewatch. Oh my goodness. This is well, just to pause and do, I just, I feel this call to self-assessment right now to be able to say, okay, let's just, let's get honest. Let's have a quiet moment here and let's, let's just think about where am I be, being complacent? And Lynn gave us a lot of good red flags to look for both as sales professionals and sales leaders. And I think that, uh, that this is a really, really important exercise right now, because I know one thing is for sure, um, Larry, in this environment, things are changing rapidly, yep. which means if you're complacent, you're really at risk. You're always at risk, but I, I think that is more so true now, uh, maybe than it's been in a long time. And so complacency, uh, replacing that with vigilance, what an incredibly powerful concept for all of us. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's interesting because quite often we all know as salespeople, we know where complacency is at. Yeah. I mean, it's usually the first word that a lot of people say, Hey, I know I should be doing this. I'm getting complacent. I'm taking, you know, the relationship for granted. We always like to leave with some encouragement, Daryl. And, and as I was listening to what you're saying, and I paused a little bit and I was thinking about what Len said, this would be a great exercise for sales professionals as you listen to this podcast and you take the action from Len is this is be a, this would be a great time to go have some conversation with your clients mm -hmm. and then ask Absolutely. your clients, right. About complacency. How do you know when a salesperson is getting complacent? What are the signs? Cause they're usually going to, they're, they're going to ping on this one right up front. They're going to yeah. know might as well have your customers give you the signs might be a mirror moment, but it could be a very positive thing to change. Well, mirror moments are good. And one of the ways to uh, to conquer complacency and, a, and be vigilant is to have a community of people that can give you feedback and, and a community of professionals that are growing. So we want to encourage you to join us in the Insiders Group. Get your free pass. Come hang out in our next Up Close and Personal with a thought leader when you go to sellingfromtheheart.net slash free dash pass you'll be able to see uh, the options that are coming up. And I guarantee you're going to want to be a part of that. And let me just throw a little uh, <laughs> word out there. We're just going to slide in a little announcement, uh, something for you to keep on your radar. If you are a sales leader, um, sales leaders, we want to make sure that you're able to remain vigilant as well and sharpen your skills. And that's why we're really excited that coming up here real shortly, just pay attention to the upcoming Sales Leaders Monthly Mastermind. We're going to be gathering like-hearted sales leaders, sales managers, VPs of sales, CROs, uh, together to mastermind out 
our uh, solutions to our problems and to stay um, sharp, stay vigilant um, and stay accountable. And it's, it's going to be fantastic. So stay tuned details on the selling from the heart sales leaders, mastermind group coming up here uh, very, very soon. Larry, I'm so excited about all that's happening in this movement of authenticity in the sales profession right now. Day by day, it's growing. It just brings a smile to my face, Daryl. Well, if you would do us a favor and leave us a review on the platform on which you listen to this podcast, whether it's YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, all of the podcast <laughs> platforms out there, it helps us spread the word on of authenticity, this movement of authenticity in the sales profession. And we're all in this together. So until next time, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value, be vigilant, and most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.